Welcome to Hallway Conversations with Matt and Dave. We've both been teaching for quite a while now, but we still have plenty of questions about education. And this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about topics that we think are important for Christian educators to consider. Welcome to the conversation. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. I'm Matt Beamers. And I'm Dave Mulder. And this is a podcast where we discuss the questions that we often ask each other when we're passing each other in the hallway. And we are inviting you to join us for uh, hopefully just a time of listening, a time for you to to grow, hopefully to laugh once in a while. Um, This all started because uh, when we started building our relationship, it often started with uh, simple questions in the hallway that grew into longer conversations where we explored what it means to teach Christianly and how to do that faithfully and how to do that well. That's right. So the format is that uh, we take turns bringing a question unbeknownst to the other. And so today I get to bring a question. Dave has no idea what I'm going to ask him. The question today, Dave, is really simple. How do you do self-care well as a teacher? Oh my goodness. <laughs> you I'll dog. just sit back and relax and take care <laughs> of myself while you talk for a while. So this is a, a really challenging question for me, and I guess I should back up and, and explain a little bit why I, I find that such a challenging question. And I, I think a big part of the problem for me is I identify so strongly with my work. Huh. And um, that's not something I'm necessarily proud of, but it's something I've become increasingly aware of that... Um, well, in the previous episode, we talked about how you can act like a teacher or you can be a teacher, right? Yeah. And the downside or the dark side of, of being the teacher is it's always on. And I think every teacher feels some sense of that, right? When you're um, in the grocery store and you see one of your students, like, do you, do you turn it on all of a sudden as a teacher? And maybe you don't. Maybe mm-hmm. some of us go and hide behind the, the next aisle or yeah. something, right? But for a lot of us, we're, we're semi-public figures. And so it's hard to avoid some of that. So that question of self-care, boy, I think a lot of times people want to talk about it in terms of like work-life balance. I hear that phrase uh, a lot. And that's really challenging for me because I love my work and my work is a really important part of my life. And so thinking it as as if it's something unpleasant that I have to balance out with other things, that doesn't resonate for me, right? Interesting. Yeah. And and so I guess I'm a musician, right? I play the guitar, I play the ukulele, I love to sing. Uh, and so maybe I think of it more as work-life rhythm, if I can propose I like that, that word, as an analogy. Yeah. Um, and so kind of like when, when you're playing in a band, right, you got to keep tempo. And it's kind of that sense of how do I stay on the beat and how do I make sure that my work isn't rushing me ahead or holding me back? Is it keeping step with all the other important parts of my life? Because I love my wife, and I love my yeah. kids, and I love my church, and I love the organizations that I volunteer as part of. And I love to just have some downtime just for me, too. Yeah. But Dave, how how do you know when you're out of rhythm? Yeah. Hmm. So for me, I think most of the time when I'm out of rhythm, um, it comes out... Um, in some, well, I guess I'd even say self-destructive ways, right? For, for me, it ends up being I'm taking on all these things because I feel like I'm the only one who can do them. And you get so many plates spinning 
that I start putting that burden on myself. Like I can't let anything drop because it's me. I volunteered for all these things, right? And so when I start to realize that I'm I'm the one who's doing this to myself and I kind of, even in my posture, like I'm hunching forward right now as we're talking, so I'm like demonstrating, um, like I can feel it that I'm holding that kind of tension in myself. So how do you, becoming aware of this situation, I guess, is is the first step in the process. But how do you address that? Who holds you accountable to that? Like, yeah. I feel like it's a lot as you're talking to say, I can identify it. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the, the, so, the, so what, but who helps you with the now what? And right. because especially when our identity is so wrapped up in it, as you mentioned at mm-hmm. the beginning, I can know it about myself, mm-hmm. but I can't always get there by myself. Well, so, so what does that look like in terms of, yeah, what, how, are there people that help you with that? So for me personally, my wife has been great for that because she can just read it on my face. Uh, like I, I'm an open book, I guess, right? Like she, she can, she can discern that right away, and I greatly appreciate that. She, I'm a better person because she'll call me out for it and and that. Um, I find my kids actually are pretty great for this too. They they can read my tension and and they'll just name it to me. Um, like boy, you're having kind of a crappy day, aren't you? What what are you doing? You know, and they they can call me out. But really, I think colleagues um, are also yeah. part of that for me. And the fact that um, I've got people here in the building who are going to check in on me um, in that kind of a sense, right? Like if I've got my door closed more often than I have it open, um, for someone to knock on the door and say, hey, are you doing okay? Um, that and, and sometimes I close the door just because I'm trying to get some, some work done myself too, right? Yeah. But um, if it becomes atypical, then I know I'm going to have somebody check in. That matters. As you were talking, Dave, I was thinking about um, myself at the end of November, early December. I think it was post-Thanksgiving. And that was hard for us. We, you know, not that anybody needs to know or care. We, our oldest daughter doesn't live, she lives back in Canada and we can't see her because of COVID. And mm. it was American Thanksgiving. And I went for a, a walk on Thanksgiving Day and saw all these people with their families. Yeah. And I carried that sadness into my weekend and into my work the the following week. Um, and the students had, had left, so there was right. no students on campus. And I came to work and I just shut my door. I just shut my door. I didn't want to, I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was kind of angry. I was kind of grieving. And, uh, one of our colleagues, Abby actually knocked on the door after a couple of hours. Yeah. And just uh, basically said, hey, I'm just checking in. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, as we, as I was walking to your office, we do this in, in Dave's office, because Dave's got a way bigger office than I do. Well. Because he's, he's way up the totem pole no, for me. No, not that Anyways, <laughs> as I was walking here, I passed, I passed Abby, and I said, hey, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about self-care? And, and she said, community. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, I'm putting those, putting this connection together of, of you saying, hey, like, it's the people, my colleagues, right? And But I think that's, you have to be, you have to work, you have to be in a trusting place. Oh, yes. Right? I'm thinking about yep. Simon Sinek's, like, this circle of safety. Hmm. Um, to have the courage to go to your, one of your colleagues and, and say, it, it doesn't seem well with your soul today. Yep. Right? It takes, that takes courage and it takes a lot of trust. Yeah. Um because you're not sure, you're just, you're naming a hard thing. Right. And that's not always easy to receive. No. 
Well, and even for us to have our, our metaphorical antennas up to receive that, to, to yeah. notice what's going on around us and to see our colleagues, to know our colleagues well enough to say, hey, I am yeah. sensing this in you. How can I help? You yeah. know? Um, hey, to come back to your, so first of all, the courage to ask, the courage to check in, yep. super important. Um, Dave, to come back to it. Um, to think about, you know, the importance of community, but coming back to this image of being out of rhythm, mm. everybody might have their own, um, you know, things that they'll do to get back in rhythm. How about for you? What are what are some ways that you get back in step, so, yeah. so to speak? So, uh, and honestly, the even the, the term self-care seems indulgent to me somehow, mm. right? Like, I, I struggle with that. Yeah. But I've realized the importance of that to for me to be able to teach well, to lead well, to do the work. So much of the work that we're doing as educators is people-centered work. And for us to care well for people, we have to be in a healthy place ourselves, right? So I think of that in three ways, right? There, There's a sense for me, I have to take care of my physical health, I have to take care of my mental health, and I have to take care of my spiritual health. And so a couple of things that I'll just share my, my thinking about that, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. So physically, um, I know I have to get at least half an hour exercise every single day. Um, that's easier when the weather's warm. Uh, some of you who know me well know I, I pedal my bike all the time. My, my goal is about 2,000 miles a year. I've hit that the last three years. Wow, um, good for you. And, and I only ride when there's no ice or snow. So, you know. so three months of the year in <laughs> yeah. Iowa, I'm learning. That's a, yeah, you're okay. It's a little more Four, than that. Four, okay, yeah. four. Um, but other than that, and I hate the treadmill, but I will yeah. get on the treadmill, yeah. right? Um, because I, I know I need that for myself. Um, the other thing is I, I'm a stress eater and I can tell, right? Like I've, this year has been rough for me that way. And so now I'm just kind of working on getting into some better eating habits for myself too. And not like I'm going to sit there counting every calorie I eat, but like I eat a lot of empty calories, yeah. right? And so just being aware of that. And if I notice I'm munching on chips and it's 10 o'clock at night, that sends a signal that probably all is not well with me, right? Yeah. And how do I get that back into balance? I got to check that. Um, so, you know, some of those physical health things, making, making sure that I'm doing that for myself in terms of mental health, this is where I got to have some quiet time for myself. Um, I've realized everyone thinks I'm an extrovert, right? Cause I, I'm good with people and, and I'm out, I'll put on the show and all that, but I'm actually introverted in the sense um, I'm good with people, but they exhaust me. I yeah. need to have some time um, away from people because that's where I'm going to re rest and recharge. And so, uh, for me, um, this sounds super nerdy, but I love doing puzzles, like like jigsaw puzzles. Um, that is so recharging for me. And so I'll often have a puzzle on the table in the basement. Um, and to just even spend 20 minutes, and I'll go, I might only get five or seven pieces, but to just get those. And there's something that's very cathartic and relaxing for me in that. Um, I'm a reader. When I was in grad school, I read so much that I kind of got out of the habit of reading for pleasure because uh, everything I read was purposeful then. And it took me about two years to get back into reading for pleasure. But I do try to read for pleasure at least 20 or 30 minutes every day. I usually have a novel or a magazine. Cool. Um, so that's part of my mental health. And then spiritual health, yeah. I mean, this sounds so cliche for, for a Christian educator, right? But spending time with God um, is, is so important for me. And that takes on different shape, different times in my life. Um, this, this year, uh, I actually got a new devotional and it's, I can't remember the title of it, but it's praying, praying scripture through the year or something yeah. like that. And so it's arranged around a liturgical calendar. Um, you know, I spend some time reading scripture every day and it kind of gives me some structure for my prayer life. And that's usually how I start my day almost every morning. Now I'll Phil Reinders. A... Yes. That's the one. Yeah. I use it. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> yeah. 
I love it. I've been using it for about two years. I've been using it for about two years. Yeah. It is such a yeah. good one just for, for giving some shape to my prayer life that otherwise yeah. feels like I'm just lobbing up my re- personal requests all the yeah. time. It gives me a broader kind of kingdomized vision yeah. for my own prayer life that way too. Phil Reinders will never hear this podcast, but Phil, thank you for the gift. Thank you, Phil. Um, that's a beautiful, I've been using that for about two years and a and what I love about that is that there, it literally will say in there, quiet. Yep. Quiet. Like, you need to be quiet. and It prompts me in ways that I need to yeah. make space. Yeah, so for whatever whatever works for, for people out there to say, mm-hmm. like, to get a rhythm, right? And, yeah. And, and Jamie Smith talks about this a lot, right? What are these, for, these formational right. practices, right? Because they're... They're doing something to us, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of, you know, like he talks about liturgy a lot, the liturgies of our life, right? And if we're honest, the liturgies um, aren't always that healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's interesting. Now that's been that's been really helpful for for me as well. You know, it's it's interesting as we're talking. Um, our listeners won't know this. But I, we're going to have to edit this because I've been up and down. Like, I've, been, I've lost my train of thought. This has been a hard day for me. And so that's me being vulnerable. You know, Dave knows that as I'm sitting here. I'm having, I'm having a hard time with my words. Our listeners may never hear this, actually. Because, <laughs> we might cut this all out. Because it's such a disaster. <laughs> it's such a disaster. Um, well, how, think, how about you, Matt, if I could yeah, turn around totally. on you? So I, what, what kinds of things do you do for taking care of yourself so you can serve well? Yeah, I th- I think part of it for me, there's a lot of different things. I, part of it is naming when it's not going well. Mm. So like that is an acknowledgement when I'm having a hard day, and I've not always I've not always been good at that. So and that's a bit of a control thing for me. It's a, an unwillingness to sometimes be vulnerable about that. Right. Um, part of that is just sort of um, the you know I I put a high. Um, value on trying to take care of other people and so it's Mm. hard for me to let people take care of me so um so i come from a place where i'm a big believer that self-care though is not selfishness but it's taken me a while to get there Mm -hmm. um like for for whether it's as a as a dad whether it's as a professor whether it's as a friend for me to be at my best i need to take care of myself yeah. And sometimes there can be this mentality, like for if anybody's out there in school leadership, but this is true for teachers who are school leaders in their own right. Um, for you to, for you to uh, care for your students or your faculty, you do have to take care of yourself, right? It, coming back, we mentioned earlier Jamie Smith, but I, I, I don't know if it's in Desiring the Kingdom or You Are What You Love, but he's, he's got this image of, of when you're in a plane, right? The oxygen mask comes down mm-hmm. and, and it says, you know, you put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Right. Right? Before so that, you help before somebody Before you else. help someone else. Yep. And I, I've never, that was actually very clarifying for me. That was actually very helpful for me of, of because I just wanted to put the oxygen mask on other people. And, and that energized me. Look at, look at all the people I'm helping, right? Mm. And, but I never took the time to put the oxygen mask on myself. And so... Things that I do that are that give me life, that breathe life into me, that are oxygen for me, um, are are walking. I love going for walks. Um, I prefer outside, but whatever it takes, I'll go to the you know the, the indoor track. But going for walks, I love going for road trips. So hmm. uh, you know that I did a big road trip on Friday. <laughs> um, I did, yeah. It was and it was and it probably 
was more tiring than I want to admit, but I just really enjoyed being out on the road and going for drives, exploring our local neighborhood. Like we're new to the place, uh, new to this place. And so I just want to know where are all these little towns people talk about. So part of that's just, Hey, who are my neighbors? Mm -hmm. Um, I also do just love, um, playing sports. Like I play hockey at least once a week. I love it. Or I try to play once a week. Um, just things like that, that are life giving and, and part of that is, and this is no offense to all the dear, my dear colleagues here, is, is sometimes it's just good to do things you love with people you don't work with. Right. Right. Oh, like I just, agree. Just to be, and, and for any Canadians out there, people who play hockey, there's just something, it's the playing of the hockey, but it's even just being in the dressing room with the guys, just sure. sitting around um, and just hanging out and just getting to, to know some different people. I, like you, love reading. I love music. I love listening to music. I'm not a musician by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination, um, but I just love listening to music. So, um, yeah, just, and then, yeah, just doing, being okay to not always be doing something, I mm. think, just to to release myself from the false guilt that we sometimes can feel about watching a movie or just relaxing or going out for breakfast or whatever it is for you. Mm -hmm. Like to be like, Hey, in this part of, in this way, I'm not doing anything. And in the not doing anything, it that's life giving, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and there is the not doing, like I can be the same way all of a sudden, you know, I've plowed through whatever, a half a bag of chips and, and it's, yeah, it's not healthy, but there's other not where you're not doing something that's actually really helpful. And so we need to find, what is the healthy, the healthiness of just being actually, and mm-hmm. and to release ourselves from the, from the guilt of that? Um, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll. You know, the last thing I'm thinking of, Dave. Just one last. Um, the other way I know that I'm not doing as well. You know, we've you and me both love appreciate Brene Brown and some of the writing she's done around mm-hmm. vulnerability, and you know, one of the ways that I try to check in with myself is. Uh, I know I'm having a bad day when I'm seeing what are the stories I'm telling myself in my in my head about how I'm doing or like the feelings of not good enough and yeah. um, that can plague any any educator I think because there's always more to do like That's there's right. literally <laughs> always more to do and so um, I think to get to a place where I believe not just in my head and my heart you know like the story I want to tell myself in my head more often than not is that even though we fall short that God looks down on each of us as educators and says well done good and faithful servant like my grace is sufficient for you and I'm trying to do a better job of of believing that yeah your comment about there's always more work that can be done that to me emphasizes the importance of being willing to have Sabbath space in our life and that God has created us with a need to rest and I think it's unhealthy when we deny that and so yeah. maybe that's something I need to grow into maybe you need to maybe people listening in need to grow into that giving ourselves permission to yeah. say I'm going to do nothing productive today and that that should be normalized for us because that's how God created us to be we we some of us struggle with productivity as an idol and yeah. to be able to name that and say to recalibrate and re, reorient myself in a in a God-centered way I need to say today's a day I'm going to do nothing productive. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a reminder for for you, for me, for anyone listening to say, you know what, we we have to give ourselves the grace that we so lavishly and freely give our students yeah. and our colleagues. Like, 
Um, you know, like I think about all the people we work with here, they are, they are marked by grace. They yes. are such beautiful human beings. And yet I know all of us can struggle with those feelings of, of needing to do more. And so um, to be gracious with ourselves, I think, is, is, a good pl- is a good place to start. It's good to be ourselves here together with you all. So thanks everyone for listening in. Thanks everyone. Have a good week. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up by Matt and Dave during one of their hallway conversations. Our music was created by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Dave Mulder and Matt Beamers. Thanks for listening.